0: Welcome back to the Smooth Kitty Podcast. You guys, I'm so happy you're here, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys more about skin education and skincare products, modalities, treatments, services, and so on. Continue to listen to gain more education about you and your specific skin type and needs. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, but welcome back. Today, I wanted to talk more about the epide- <laughs> The epidermis. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Um, my birthday is in two days. Super excited. So for those people who know me or don't, Fun fact, my favorite movie is Lord of the Rings, so I'm going to be watching the extended versions, and that is like a total of like 12 hours, or nine hours, um, so I'm super excited about that, I'm going to do that, um, I do have a few appointments today, and then my husband and myself and my twin brother and his wife are going to go watch a movie tonight, go to Haunted Mansion, I know it- it's going to be like a kitty movie, but I'm like excited about it. But my husband's not too into those scary movies because he just isn't. He just gets really scared really easily. And I'm going to be laughing throughout the whole thing because of his jumpiness. So super excited about that. Okay, so let's get into it right now just because this uh, episode is going to be a little bit more sciencey, more in-depth because we're going to be talking more about the layers of the epidermis and I'm going to explain what happens in each layer and why it's so important to get ingredients that will tackle those specific layers of the skin, okay? So the epidermis, as we all know, is the outermost layer of the skin and is composed of five layers known as the strata. These layers from deepest to most superficial are stratum basal, or also called as stratum germinativum. This is the innermost layer of the epidermis. It consists of a single layer of actively dividing cells called keratinocytes, and mitosis does happen during this, um, in this layer. These cells produce new skin cells and play a role in the regeneration of the epidermis. Next, we have the stratum spinosum. The cells in this layer are called prickle cells or spinous la- cells. They have a spiny appearance due to desmosomes, which are specialized cell junctions that connect adjacent cells. The stratum spinosum provides strength and support to the skin. Next layer, we have the stratum granulosum. This layer contains granular cells that are involved in the production of keratin, a fibrous protein that helps waterproof the skin and provides structure. The cells in this layer also start to flatten and lose their nuclei as they move towards the surface. Next we have the stratum lucidum. This layer is only present in thick skin, such as the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Um, the stratum lucidum consists of translucent cells that lack nuclei and are filled with a protein called eleidin layer helps protect the skin from friction and pressure and then the outermost layer of the epidermis is called the stratum corneum it serves as the skin's primary barrier against the external environment it is composed of dead flattened cells called corneocytes that are filled with keratin the stratum corneum helps prevent water loss protects against microorganisms and provides mechanical strength to the skin It's very important to note that the epidermis is a very dynamic structure with cells continuously moving from the basal layer to the surface and being shed off as new cells are formed. So I'm going to go throughout the layers and now tell you more about the sciency part of the different layers. So we're going to start off with the basal layer or also known as the stratum germinativum. That is the deepest layer of the epidermis. It is responsible for several important processes that occur in the skin. First, cell division. Once again, as I have said earlier, this layer is responsible for mitosis. The stratum germinativum is highly mitometallically... I totally butchered that wrong, but it's okay. But it is extremely active, meaning that the cells in this layer are constantly dividing. The basal layer contains basal cells or keratinocytes, which are stem cells capable of producing new skin cells. These cells undergo frequent division to replenish the epidermis and replace old damaged cells. Next, it has keratinocyte production. The stratum germinativum is the site of keratinocyte production. Keratinocytes are the predominant cells in the epidermis and produce a protein called keratin. Keratin is a structural protein that provides strength, flexibility, and waterproofing properties to the skin. It also contains melanocytes. Melanocytes are specialized cells located in the stratum germinativum. They produce a pigment called melanin which is responsible for determining the color of the skin hair and eyes melanocytes transfer melanin to nearby keratinocytes protecting the skin from harmful ultraviolet radiation the stratum germinativum contains he- hemidesmosomes which are structures that anchor the epidermis to the underlying dermis these attachments help maintain the integrity and stability of the skin the stratum germinativum releases various growth factors that regulate the growth differentiation and migration of cells in the epidermis these growth factors play a crucial role in maintaining the overall health and function of the skin so in conclusion to the germinativum that layer is extremely active involving cell division, keratinocyte, production, melanocyte, distribution, epidermal attachment, and the release of growth factors. These processes contribute to the constant renewal and protection of the epidermis. Above the stratum germinativum, we have the stratum spinosum, also known as the spinous layer. That is the layer of the epidermis located above the germinativum. Several important processes occur in the stratum spinosum, including... Desmosome formation. The cells in the stratum spinosum are characterized by the presence of desmosomes, which are specialized cell junctions that connect adjacent cells. Desmosomes provide strength and stability to the epidermis by anchoring cells together, preventing them from easily separating under mechanical stress. As cells move from the stratum basal to the stratum spinosum, they undergo a process called differentiation. In this process, the cells start to produce keratin, a fibrous protein that gives the skin its strength and waterproofing properties. The cells in the stratum spinosum begin to develop a spiny appearance due to the presence of desmosomes and the accumulation of keratin intermediate filaments. The cells in the stratum spinosum are metabolically active as well. They contain numerous organelles involved in protein synthesis, energy production, and other cellular processes necessary for their functions. These metabolic activities are crucial in maintaining the overall health and functionality of the epidermis. The stratum spinosum plays a role in the skin's immune response. Certain immune cells, such as Langerhans cells, are found in this layer. Langerhans cells are antigen-presenting cells that help initiate immune responses by capturing and presenting foreign substances, which are antigens, to other immune cells. The stratum spinosum serves as a transitional layer between the basal layer and the upper layers of the epidermis. It facilitates the communication and exchange of substances between these layers, contributing to the overall functioning and integrity of the epidermis. Concluding the stratum spinosum, it is involved in cell adhesion, keratinocyte differentiation, metabolic activity, immune responses, and interactions between different layers of the epidermis. These processes collectively contribute to the structure, function, and protection of the skin. Next up, we have the stratum granulosum, also known as the granular layer. This is the layer of the epidermis located above the stratum spinosum. It is characterized by the presence of granules within the cells, which are responsible for several several important processes. And the first one is keratin filament formation. In the stratum granulosum, keratinocytes undergo a process called keratinization. The cells produce keratin filaments, which form a structural framework within the cells. These keratin filaments provide strength and rigidity rigidity, rigidity, you know what I'm talking about, to the cells, contributing to the overall integrity of the epidermis. The stratum granulosum cells accumulate lipids within their cytoplasm. These lipids play a crucial role in the formation of the skin's barrier function. They help waterproof the skin by creating a hydrophobic layer that reduces water loss from the body and protects against external factors such as pathogens and irritants. As the cells in the stratum granulosum continue to differentiate and accumulate keratin and lipids, they undergo cellular changes and lose their nuclei. This process is known as cornification or keratinization. The cells become flattened, compacted, and filled with dense keratin bundles. Eventually, the cells die and form a layer of flattened, non-viable cells. During the process of keratinization, the cells in the stratum granulosum release enzymes and other proteins that aid in the final stages of keratinocyte differentiation and the formation of the skin barrier. These enzymes help modify the keratin filaments and lipids contributing to the structural and functional properties of the stratum corneum. The stratum granulosum is crucial for the formation of the skin's barrier function. The accumulation of lipids and the structural changes in the cells contribute to the formation of the stratum corneum which is the outermost layer of the epidermis. The stratum corneum acts as a protective barrier preventing the loss of moisture, entry of pathogens, and penetration of harmful substances into the deeper layers of the skin. So in conclusion, the stratum granulosum is involved in keratinization, lipid accumulation, cell death, enzyme release, and the formation of the skin's barrier function. These processes contribute to the structural integrity, protection, and waterproofing properties of the skin. Next, we have the stratum lucidum, also known as the clear layer. Uh, it is the specialized layer of the epidermis that is found only in certain areas of the body, such as the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Um, the stratum lucidum is what makes up your fingerprints and toe prints. It is located above the stratum gran- granulosum and below the stratum corneum. The processes that occur in the stratum lucidum include the cells in the stratum lucidum contain a protein called eleidin, which is a precursor to keratin. Eleidin is derived from keratinohyalin granules that are present in the cells of the stratum granulosum. During the transition from the stratum granulosum to the stratum lucidum, the cells undergo structural changes and their cytoplasm becomes filled with elated. This process contributes to the translucent appearance of the stratum corneum. The cells in the stratum lucidum are tightly packed and lack organelles, including nuclei. The compaction of cells in this layer contributes to the translucent nature of the stratum lucidum. The absence of organelles and nuclei allows light to pass through the cells, giving the layer of it, sorry giving the layer its clear appearance. The stratum lucidum serves as a protective layer against mechanical stress, such as friction and pressure. It provides additional strength and resilience to the skin in areas that are subjected to repeated rubbing or pressure, such as the palms and the soles. The cells in the stratum lucidum contain lipids that contribute to the water resistance of the skin. These lipids help reduce water loss from the body and provide an additional barrier against the entry of pathogens and irritants. It's important to know that the stratum lucidum is not present in all the regions of the body and is specific to thick areas with high mechanical stress. In regions where the stratum lucidum is absent, the stratum granulosum transitions directly to the stratum corneum. So once again, the stratum lucidum is involved in the transformation of keratinocytes, cell compaction, protection against friction and pressure, and water resistance in specific regions of the body. Its unique properties contribute to the specialized functions and resilience of thick skin areas. Lastly, we have the stratum corneum, which is the outermost layer of the epidermis consisting of multiple layers of flattened dead skin cells called corneocytes. We have the primary role of the stratum corneum, which is to act as a protective barrier for the underlying layers of the skin, It serves as a physical barrier, preventing the entry of microorganisms, harmful substances, and excessive water loss from the body. The corneocytes in the stratum corneum are densely packed and surrounded by lipids, creating a hydrophobic layer that repels water and blocks the diffusion of molecules. The stratum corneum plays a crucial role in maintaining the hydration balance of the skin. It regulates the evaporation of water from the skin surface, helping to prevent excessive dryness or moisture loss. The lipids present present the lipids that are present in the stratum corneum contribute to its ability to retain moisture and keep the skin hydrated. The layers of corneocytes in the stratum corneum provide strength, flexibility, and resilience to the skin. This layer allows the skin to withstand mechanical stress, stretching, and movement without easily breaking or tearing. While the cells in the stratum corneum are dead, they are continuously shed and replaced by new cells from the underlying layers. This process of shedding dead skin cells is known as exfoliation or, in SD world, desquamation. Proper exfoliation of the stratum corneum helps maintain a healthy, smooth, and fresh appearance of the skin. So, side note, when we do not exfoliate our skin Those desmosomes on the top layer act as glue to those dead skin cells. And when we apply product to the skin and we notice that our skin still feels dry, that's when we need to exfoliate. Um, Those products that you did apply to those dead skin cells that weren't sloughing off, that's pretty much a waste of product because it's not being penetrated into the skin. So again, that's why having and doing exfoliation And the process of desquamation is just so important um, for especially the top layer of the skin. The stratum corneum provides a level of protection against ultraviolet radiation from the sun, which is UV radiation. Although this layer is not as effective as other skin layers in blocking UV rays, it offers some degree of shielding, particularly against shorter UVB wavelengths uvb is ultraviolet burning rays even though the stratum corneum does offer some protection against the uv rays from the sun we still always need to wear sunscreen always always overall the stratum corneum acts as a protective layer regulates moisture maintains skin flexibility promotes exfoliation and provides some defense against uv radiation Its integrity and functionality are crucial for maintaining healthy skin and protecting it from external stressors. So having the understanding of epidermis layers is important for several reasons. The epidermis having to be the the external layer of the skin and its vital role in protecting the body from external factors such as, you know, pathogens, UV radiation, chemicals, and physical trauma. Knowledge of the epidermal layers helps in understanding how the skin functions and how it maintains its integrity and barrier function. Many skin disorders and diseases originate or primarily affect the epidermis. Having knowledge of the layers helps in understanding the underlying causes, mechanisms, and manifestations of these conditions. It assists healthcare professionals in diagnosing, treating, and managing various skin conditions effectively. In the case of injuries or wounds, the epidermis plays a critical role in the process of wound healing. The different layers of the epidermis are involved in cellular proliferation, migration, and differentiation, which are crucial for the regeneration of healthy skin tissue. Understanding these processes can help in optimizing wound care and promoting faster and more effective healing. Having the knowledge of the epidermal layers is essential in the development and selection of skincare products and cosmetics. Different layers have unique properties and functions, and skincare formulations can target specific layers to address various skin concerns. Procedures like laser treatments, chemical peels, microdermabrasion, microneedling, and targeted drug delivery systems often target specific layers of the epidermis. Having the knowledge of the layers helps healthcare professionals and estheticians determine the appropriate treatment modalities and optimize outcomes while minimizing potential risks and side effects. The epidermal layers serve as an area of research interest for scientists and researchers in fields like dermatology, wound healing, skin aging, and drug delivery. Having the base knowledge of those layers helps in conducting in depth studies, investigating underlying mechanisms, and developing new therapies, drugs, and treatments related to skin health and diseases. So, in summary, having the knowledge of About the layers of the epidermis is just as important for understanding skin health. And not even just for dermatologists, scientists, or even estheticians. In general, for the public knowledge, I feel like having the science explained behind the epidermis layers and what they do is just an important factor in caring for your specific skin type. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast and go follow me on Instagram at the underscore smooth kitty to gain more education about skin, skincare, and content on waxing. If you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out. See you next time.